Welcome back to part two of our conversation with Ben and Tanya Falkenberg as we explore how God has been working in their life to call them to work with our missions partners in Mazatlan, Mexico, with shoulder to shoulder there. We're going to dive right back into the conversation, where they're at in their journey, and so excited to see what's next for them. So let's jump back into that conversation. Well, the Lord was had been doing so much work in you guys. It's it's incredible to hear. Now, before I we do want to get into that uh, segment of your story where you were meeting with us, Tanya's at home, full of laundry crying. Before we do that, I want to ask you both this question: This new dream, as you said, it's not like these other dreams completely faded off into the distance. But my guess is that some of our listeners are like, "Well, that's exactly why I don't want to submit to the Lord." because I have some dreams or I have some ideas about how my perfect little Christian life will work out. And I don't know that I want to say yes to things because I think the emotion is he might take some of this away from me. So I want to ask you guys, is the new dream worth it? Yeah. Yeah, it it is. I mean, for me, um, I think my heart at this church for the last six years has been for like the men of the church. Um, we led Young Life for like four years, and then I had like a wilderness for a year and a half trying to figure out, like, God, who am I without Young Life? Because I was newer in my faith when we started that, you know, what, a what, 10, 12 years ago. And so um, he just kind of stirred in my heart, like, um, I want to be about men. I want to build relationships with men, and um, and I want to see us be who God's called us to be in our homes and in the church and stuff. And so um, that's when we started the Man Up process like five or six years ago, and so I envisioned my role in the kingdom being a lot of that. Um, that's just kind of where I had felt knit. And so um, I would have thought that I'd be here for the next 30 years, kind of just like grinding with men of Akron, Ohio. And so when this came and it was like a, a new, it was like a new direction, um, at, at first it was kind of, kind of confusing even seeing like, how does this all work together? Like, are they just doing mission trips? Like, I don't even understand and then as we got a better understanding of what the heartbeat of shoulder to shoulder is, and it's like equipping these churches and believing that like Mexican leadership, indigenous leadership and discipleship, like that's the way forward for the gospel in Mexico. The Lord just kind of knit my heart to be like, oh, I want to go be about those men. And that was the thing that I didn't see coming. But in that, it, it was like, this is definitely worth it. And, and even the goodness of God, like the faithfulness of like understanding some of like like how he's using the last five to 10 years to build you for things. And it's like, I see now even the direction of like, we've been flowing this way. I just didn't even know it. Um, and so I, I do think like that that part has felt very faithful of God being, I've, I've been preparing you for this. And then I think the idea of like, is it worth it to say like, we want to have open hands? Um, I, I think for us, like... <laughs> I've had to just preach to her a lot, frankly, of like eternity. Like we talk about this mm-hmm. of like, I promise like we're going to see him face to face and it will be worth it. Yeah. And the, and because like the Bible is pretty clear, like there's a cost, like we're not going, I don't think we're going immature or like we're going to, everything's going to be great. We're going to be rich and this is going to be a total success. I'm hoping that the Lord uses us in mighty ways and I'm hoping that we get intimacy with him and and that our marriage is is in our family, that we're warriors for him. But I think at the end of the day, it's like we have to remind ourselves that like, honestly, we have like probably 40, 50 years here at most left. And like one day we're going to see him and nothing that he asks us to give up will not have been worth it. Mm-hmm. The cost of discipleship is worth it. And that for me has not been like 
uh, Tanya used the comparison one time, like that's not a balloon that I tied off and just floated into ethereal space. I'm like, yay. I let it's go. like those dreams are gone. It's like a boomerang that it's like a daily reminder. I mean, frankly, like a, a pretty hourly reminder sometimes of like, this is going to be worth it. Yeah. And even navigating the difficulty of, of walking through this with like family and you're leaving your work and like all that stuff's complicated. Like it is worth it. And even if it's things don't go well there, it was, it, it is worth it because it's the obedient step for us. And so that's I, at least what I would say. Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a process of death right now that we're in, right? Yeah. We're like our dreams and our vision of what we thought our life was going to look like is going to die. Like that is very quickly in the next three months, our life will never look the same. And so that is not a one and done thing. We let this go and now we're on embarking on this. I mean, there will be times probably years to come where I will have moments of mourning what I thought our life was going to look like, right? But I think what we've talked about, what we want our family to be about is like, this was the obedient step. And at the end of my life, I want my girls, I want our church, I want our community to, to know that like Ben and Tanya did what we felt like in our bones God was calling us to. Mm -hmm. And and so that's it wasn't a matter of like, is our life going to be better? Are these dreams going to be better than what we're giving up? Like it might not be, right? But like we were obedient We've to that. We've had a pretty good run here. And like, and what <laughs> like I've had to great. realize is like things that I had, I somehow put in my mind that they were almost a right and not just like a gift for a season. Like we live in this like beautiful property and are close to family and like everything was just smooth and along. And it was almost like I had this attitude of like, that was a right of mine to have the rest Mm. of my life. And it's just not, it was a gift that God gave me for 10 years that we were here in Wadsworth and we're close to family and had wonderful jobs. Like that was a gift, but I feel like God had to remind me that's not a right of yours to have forever. And so I'm asking you to slowly let that go. And, um, yeah, it's been a process. We're still in it. And I know for years to come, we're still going to be walking that out of our life looks different. Yeah. When we were, when we were kind of first walking through this, I was working through the Psalms and, um, that was a huge, uh, that was a huge gift to walk through those pretty deeply. Um, and my favorite Psalm has turned out to be Psalm 16 and in verse 11 has been one that I must have said 20,000 times in the last year and a half of like, when I feel the need to proclaim this out loud. It's David says, um, he says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there's fullness of joy. Your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Mm-hmm. And I've had to surrender to that 30 times a day sometimes of mm-hmm. like, you make known to me the path of life. Mm-hmm. And I think so much of my upbringing, not my parents, like our cultural upbringing is I make known my own path of life. Mm-hmm. And then just walking a call to missions has been like, nah, I'm, I'm on board with David here. Like I'm going that way. God, you get to you get to make known to me the path of life. Like you're the king, you give the orders. And is it worth it? Was the question you asked. It's like, well, Psalm sixteen eleven says that we get him yep. forevermore. We get him like presence, right hand, pleasures forevermore. And I'm like, nothing that we did here, nothing that we were gonna have here, could satisfy my life. He, he alone is the satisfaction. Like I've told people, like. The John four picture where he's like the the well like your your thirst will be quenched. So much of my life, especially before I met the Lord, I felt like I was digging wells, trying to grab water, and then thinking I was being satisfied. And some of those wells were really deep, and they like basketball. That, that, that mug was deep. That went for a long time, <laughs> but eventually that that one ran dry. And I've realized that like 
he really is the only thing that satisfies. And that's not like a fake thing. That's like a, I have to remember that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I have to remember that in these next few months when we're saying bye and we're getting on the plane and stuff. And so I think those are the rhythms of preaching the gospel to ourselves every day of like, he's our king. This is worth it. Um, And just kind of have an open hands at that. And so once we caught that vision, like I feel like once he allowed us to taste that intimacy, like Psalm 34, it says, taste and see that the Lord is Mm -hmm. good. Once, once he allowed me to taste that, it was a wrap because then you're like, you've, you've let me have a taste. Like I need more and I'll do anything to keep having that. Like it, it just is what it is. You know what I mean? Like Psalm 63, like you're, you're quenching, like you're, you're so thirsty for him. You're like, you're the only thing that can Mm -hmm. quench my, my thirst. And like my soul is longing for you. Your steadfast love is better than life. And I think walking through that has been us meeting the Lord in a way that maybe he would have never allowed us to if we'd have said no. Mm-hmm. And that's worth yeah. it. And I'll yeah. take that every time. And so I'm grateful for I'm grateful for the call and the privilege, but mm-hmm. also for the intimacy that has come with saying okay. Yeah. And believing that like this death to self is going to be a recurrent theme of like we're going to be walking into uncomfortable things and have to get used to that. Yep. And I think as we do that more and more, he's like, I will be here with you mm-hmm. even to the end of the age intimacy it's here i'm with you and so that has been something that i will eternally be grateful for i um love what you guys are sharing and i want to pause for our listeners sake for a moment because i think it is so tempting to see our christian faith as like a worldview that we're just Mm -hmm. trying to match up to measure Mm -hmm. up to that um, i'm supposed to think certain ways i'm supposed to act certain Mm -hmm. ways supposed to do certain things but the scripture, man, it calls us to this relationship with our Heavenly Father, to our Savior, to our King, to our Creator. And like when we think about some of the most important relationships in our life, we give up a lot if it meant we can keep those relationships. Right. And if we don't have a similar and hopefully eventually a elevated version of that mm-hmm. mindset with the Lord then we're missing out on what God is calling us to. Mm-hmm. And it's not so much that I don't want to say that in a judgmental way. I mean that in a enticing way. Mm-hmm. There's something more. Mm-hmm. Jesus is more worth it than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, being connected to him, uh, understanding who you are in him, with him, um, there's nothing better. Yeah. Nothing better. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I hope some of our listeners are sparked and challenged by this yeah. last few minutes because um, it's a big deal. Yeah, it's yeah. a big deal. Now, Ben... Um, Let's pretend we're in January of 2021, so just earlier this year, and we had had a couple conversations, a couple Marco Polos. You guys are riding pretty high, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, Tanya already shared her side of it. She's at home folding laundry and crying because she's worried that you're about to pull the plug on everything. Yeah. Yeah. Walk us through how you got there and what's happening. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, all right. Let me let me touch on a couple things that kind of led into that. So. That season, uh, that like January timeframe was, there was a lot of things happening that were really instrumental, uh, really important for me. Um, one of the things that I've been walking through was I'm at least self-aware enough to know about myself. Like I'm wild at heart. I just am wild at heart. Like I'm up for an adventure. That's how God made me. And I had struggled with that for the year of like, I still thought I could say like, I think you're calling us, but I didn't have like the know it in my bones that God, you're leading us into this. 
And so that was not easy to um, to navigate. Like, God, I need to know 100% that like you're you're leading this. Like, because I'm wild at heart. Like, I, I will do crazy stuff. <laughs> um, and I don't want to do this one if it's not you. And so uh, one night we were down at Mount Vernon. It was like Christmas time. And we had an in-laws, my in-laws, her parents. And uh, everyone was in bed except me. And I was just up praying. And I was actually working through that Perspectives book that you gave me this freaking like fat rite of passage book that you got to walk through if you're going to be a missionary. And it was walking through that and journaling where I felt clear as day the Lord was just like, stop asking me that silly question. Like, I made you this way for a reason so that when I came, you said, okay. And so, I, I mean, I went upstairs and woke Tanya up and I said, I'm not asking that question anymore. And I was able to bury that. And, and that was a huge door for mm-hmm. me. And then something crazy happened in January where I started to journal, God, please send us. Um, and it, it was just, it was just a weird transition. Like I, I had been kind of like navigating, like, ah, I'm getting more excited about it. And then in January, it's like the well just kind of, or not the well, the dam broke. And it was just like engulfed with like, God, please let us do this. Like, I'll go anywhere. Like, please just like send us out. Um, I just want to go make disciples. I just want to see your gospel flood. And if it's in Mexico, just let us go. If it's somewhere else, let us go. And we prayed through that with you for a yep. while, like some several different places. But um, so that transition of like Tanya's now crying because she wants to go. And now I'm begging the Lord in prayer, like, God, please send us, like build us into warrior. Like I was just like all in, man. I was ready to go. And and so then I got to go down in February by myself uh, on, on a trip with Roadman. Me and him went down. We're part of, part of a pastor's conference and stuff. And that trip was awesome for me for the culture shock stuff. Like th- that wasn't there. The dudes with the 50 cow in the back is, ah, that's what they do here. You know what I mean? It's just easier. And uh, and because of the time change and stuff, I was able to get up four or five hours before everybody else and to have four hours to read and walk through the city in prayer every morning and just say, God, you have to be clear here. Like, I have to know this in my bones. And and so um, came home from that and felt a lot of affirmation. And then it was like a green light from you guys. It was a green light from STS. And then Tanya comes and she's like, it's a green light for me. And everyone's kind of looking at me now. And now I'm the one that's like, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Um, And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, I haven't shared this with tons of people, but um, I began to hear the word stay all the time. Um, And I would say I carried that by myself for like a month where I didn't know what to do with it. And it was like getting in the way of me getting in prayer. Sometimes I'd be in prayer and it would come. I'd be trying to work through, you know, whatever I was going through. I think I was in, uh, I think I was in Ephesians for a while. And and I just couldn't shake this word stay. And it was eating me alive. And I, I took that on alone for a while. And then I brought her into that. And that was a tough for her because that like pushed her like, whoa. She's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Now she's like feeling like, whoa, I don't know what to do here. And so finally... Um, it was a Saturday and I went up and I sat in my girl's room. I was in one of their beds and just journaled for like three years or for like three hours. (laughs) It was forever. And I just journaled page after page and I was angry and frustrated and hurting. And I just went through the whole last year and a half and just journaled all of it. And was just finally like, God, I refuse to back down from this. I know you're calling us to this. And that was the first time that I ever said that. And I said, God, I know you're calling us to this and I, I will not back down. You have to make this clear, but I'm not going unless you're going with us. It was like the Moses thing of like, if you're not going, I'm not going. Like if you're not, like you've knit our hearts there, but God, if you're asking me to stay, I'm staying because I want to be where you are. And I will not lead us against into, into Mexico if you don't want us there. And so then I had a meeting with you and Nate and I was I was reeling um, in that meeting and you came back 
a little early from somewhere you were in like Virginia or something. And, and I remember explaining that to you of like, I cannot shake this feeling. And, um, and I left, that's when Tanya was crying and thinking we weren't going. And, um, and I remember sitting with you guys just here, here at the Gent Road and, um, and you said some stuff that I never will forget. You said, Ben, hopefully other missionaries aren't alarmed by this, but they said, you said, we have folks on the field that I don't have a third of the clarity that I have for you and Tanya. You have to do this. And I, you, I don't even know if you remember this. You said, I bet my pastor on this one. Mm. You have to do this. And then Nate, who's been probably my closest friend here because we've kind of walked the man up stuff together. He was like, brother, the Bible says I can't carry your load. Like, this is your call. But I'm your, I'm your brother. I'm your pastor. Like, I can carry your burden. And I think I'm asking you to hand that word off to me and let me carry that burden to say, I don't think that's enough to stop you here. And will you give that to me? And so I said, okay. And I gave you that him that word, and, and I said, all right. And I walked out, and I called my parents and told them, and because I had shared with them what was going on about the word and my brother and sister too. And and then my, my parents were like, hey, as difficult as this is for us, we think you have to go. And then the next week or so, my brother and sister kind of came around too, to the same thing of saying that as well. And so um, I came home from that meeting with you guys, and Tanya said I walked in and looked a thousand pounds lighter. Mm. And I walked in smiling and relieved and we basically pulled the trigger like that week. And I've never heard that word since then. Um, and, and it's it's wild because it's like, I, I've learned to remind the devil of things like this, of like, I think that was, if, if it was the Lord just testing me, I'll, I accept that. And it, and it might've been, it might've been like, are, I brought you pretty far here. Are you willing to stay? And if that's what it is, then 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 I'm grateful for it. Or if it was warfare, I like to remind the devil that like God used his warfare to convince me. Like I was able to not able to say I think or I know until that came. And so like what a God that you talk about, I work all things together for your good. Like that was the most significant, difficult period of trying to figure out what's happening in my life in regards to our next steps. And that's ultimately what the Lord used to bring me the assurance that we need um, to say we need to do this. And so remember sitting down in the chair in March uh, in our house, and we just kind of looked at each other, and we're like, are we doing this? And we said, we're doing it, and we prayed and just said, all right, let's mm-hmm. do it. And I think that situation, what was cool for me, it was, it was such a picture of biblical community mm-hmm. where you're struggling with something, and you go to a couple pastors, you call your family, you called a buddy on your way home, and all separately, you guys weren't in the same room, you gave them the same advice. And I think when you're trying to make big decisions in life, if your closest people, if your inner circle's giving you a red flag, you would listen to that, right? You would say, okay, they're picking up something that's in a blind spot of mine. I, I would listen to them. Well, here we are trying to make this big decision and the people we trust the most, we're all saying, go for it. We, we, we see a green light. We believe in you. We think this is what the Lord's calling you for. And so that carries weight to it. And I think that's the importance of biblical community, that when you're struggling with something and you're like, wow, I don't really know what the next step is, you can lean on people in your church and your family and friends, and they can help speak clarity into that. So that was a really cool picture for me of God, you've given us some really wonderful people into our life to like speak into us. Yeah. So good. Now it wasn't long after all of that, because in some ways that felt like uh, almost like the end of part one of a movie. Yeah, it really did. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but it wasn't long after that, that it was time to clue in the rest of your household. Yeah. You know, so now it's time to get the kids up to speed. Yeah. And uh, I know if there's anybody listening that has ever thought maybe God's asked me to do this or whatever, one of the factors that wisely is mm-hmm. a part of the whole thing is, but what about my kids? Mm-hmm. In the short version of 
where some people land is, well, because I have kids, right. there's no way God's asking me to do this. Yeah. So walk us through a little bit about like how did that new phase of this process go? Mm-hmm. Getting them up to speed, how did they react? Where are they now? You know, kind of how yeah. that play yeah, out. Yeah, I'll start. I think um, first of all, like we've we've thanked God for His kindness in the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because Nola's seven, Lena's six, and Chase three and a half. Um, if this had been a few years ago, not only I don't think I wouldn't have been ready, we we wouldn't have been ready. Um, but it just kid wise, we it would have been significantly more difficult. Like we're like everyone's got English pretty decently now. You know, we're still working out letter sounds with Shay. But I mean, you know what I mean? And, and everyone's potty trained and everyone's eating food. And so no, we don't have strollers. So like that, we're grateful. I, I say thank you to God for that. Like this didn't come. That would have made it significantly more difficult. Um, and then we're also grateful for the fact that like our girls aren't 15. Like their roots aren't crazy deep. Because even John and Rachel were like, hey, if if your kids were teenagers, like, we would tackle that in prayer because that might be a no, that might be a wait. That just depends on what the Lord kind of lays before you. So I, I do think that, frankly, there is a gift of a sweet spot with your kids where at the age they're at, they still just want to be with us, yeah. which I know will not be forever, especially with three girls. And so that has made it a little bit easier to just pick, we're going to be together as a family. And so like their version of a great Friday night is still being with us and watching mm-hmm. a movie or something. And we're like, we will still be doing that in Costa Rica and in Mexico. So that has made it easier. Um, and I'm just grateful to God for that. That is kindness, purely kindness. If he'd have called us and they were at a different age and he, and the obedient step was to go, I would have hoped that we would have gone. Um, but I think for us, I mean, frankly, we told Shay, the three and a half year old, and she said, are there snacks in Costa Rica? And we said, yeah. And she gave us a thumbs up. She was good to go. Um, I think Lena, the six year old is, is most nervous about like leaving her cousins and stuff. Cause our family's here. And then our, our Nola's had the hardest time, our seven year old, like She's in second grade. She's got a little best friend. Uh, her name's little Tressa. She's great, and they just love each other. And and she she probably every other week or so, like I'll go up there and she's crying. And like a week ago, I, I got up there about nine thirty. She's crying in her room. And I said, Hey, babe, don't don't cry in your room by yourself. Like if you're crying, come come get me. And I was just able to lie with her and just I don't want to leave my friends. I'm I'm afraid mm-hmm. to start over again. And um and I'm like. I validate like that is so appropriate to feel those and you know and they're able to say like hey we were excited about some things and we're sad about mm-hmm. some things and our marriage counselor was like that's a really healthy place to be where you can distinguish those emotions and so I think for us um, we're just praying uh, one of my daily prayer uh, stuff that I work through over my kids is that um, that that we will see that our home is not a building, but it's where the Lord has our family and that that would be a safe place for them and they would feel loved and um, that this, his spirit would really give us peace in that in that home, wherever that is. And um, and then just for wisdom, navigating the culture stuff. Mm-hmm. So they're going to be going, when we're in Costa Rica, they're going to be in a bilingual school there too. So they're going to be in a school um, with half of them are Costa Rican kids trying to learn English and half of them are American kids trying to learn Spanish. And so that's going to be a culture shock for them. And just been really praying that God would give us wisdom and discernment as parents on, you know, even that the spirit in, in like mo- like momentary things, like I, I don't know what to do here, like I need you. Um, and then also that he would just, um, just protect their view of him. Mm-hmm. Because I know that this can be received as he's taking. Um, and at, at seven and six, you don't have the theology to, to work through that. And so just been just bathing our children in prayer that they will experience God as inviting them to an adventure into greater work and that he'll build them into kingdom workers. Just been presenting them to the Lord of like, would you just take my little kingdom of five and just build us into warriors? 
um, and protect their view of you until they can really figure out who they believe you to be. And so I, I think that that's been challenging. Um, yeah, I mean, we're not going to pretend that it's all wrapped up in a, in a pretty bow and they're <laughs> super excited, right? We were driving a couple months ago and Lena's like, why can't God send someone else? And I said, sweetie, I asked him that for eight months. <laughs> you know, so we're being real with them of like, yeah. that's okay to ask that. Sure is. Mommy and daddy are big enough for your anger, for your like being scared. And so is God. So let's like process that together. And then also I just, I just keep reminding them like, do you trust mommy and daddy? Yes. Do you trust that we love you? Yes. Do you trust that we would never purposely put you in a situation, you know, that is bad for you? Yes. Well, that's a lot of how our relationship is with God, right? Of like, I don't really understand what you're doing. To me, this doesn't make sense and I'm scared, but I trust your character. So we're just trying to remind our girls of like who we are, that they can trust us and that we're going to be together as a family. And, and Ben and I are in marriage counseling now just to make sure we're tackling this appropriately. And she's shared a lot of really helpful things for us to do with our kids to, you know, help them transition well too. So, I mean, we're definitely on this journey together, uh, but that is one of our prayers. And I remember this was, it was a passing conversation I had with a friend, but it stuck with me and I, I thanked her for it. But I was being very honest with her as we moved out of our house, what I thought would be our forever house. And I was having a moment with God where I'm like, God, this better be worth it, right? <laughs> right? I'm like being honest, God, please let my kids see you in an appropriate manner. If we're giving this up, please show up, you know? And and I'm like, because I'm scared. Like, I'm like, they're going to be missionary kids. It's 50-50. Like, they could turn out a wreck or they could, this could be awesome for them. And she said, Tanya, it's like 50-50 no matter where you live, even yeah. if you're in the States, right? Like, even if you didn't take your kids and they grow up in America, they could have a skewed view of God here. Mm -hmm. And that was just like, oh, yeah. It was yeah. a good reminder. It was a good reminder mm -hmm. of like, I'm not capable enough to screw up my kids. Like, there is a God who is sovereign mm -hmm. and like he can protect them in the midst of this. That's awesome. Ah. And you're so right. Mm -hmm. Like, that is um, – we – don't get to define anything. We're not in control. Even when we think we are, we're not. Mm -hmm. yeah. And uh, those reminders are super mm -hmm. helpful, especially when we're making these life-changing right. yeah. decisions. Yeah. So what's the plan now? You know, we're sitting here and depending upon when you're listening to this, we're right at the end of September of 2021. Like where are you guys at? What's next? And, you know. Yeah. yeah. So our next step is um, language school. And I, th I think for us, we kind of went back and forth on that. And as we sought wisdom from, I mean, John and Rachel and, and the staff there were like, that's probably an appropriate next step. And then some of my own family who I've been blessed to just have missionaries in my family that I kind of was able to reach out to. And they're like, I w you need to have the language. Like for the relational depth that you want to have with the, the people of Mexico, like you got to have the language. And so um, we said, okay. And so our next step is, is uh, one year of, of language. We're going to go to the Spanish Language Institute in San Jose, Costa Rica. And basically, that's Tanya and I, Monday through Friday, six hours a day of Spanish language and culture. And our girls, kind of as I described earlier, like they'll be in a bilingual school right there on the same on the same campus. Um, and just it's basically a year for us to get kind of um, almost baptized in Spanish culture and language and just get a great head start where our goal would be to come out of that. And it may not be fluent, but but able to get along Um and so that when we get to Mexico, we've done the hard work and, and it will set us up a little bit better for some of that relational depth. And so um, our flight is December 30th to language school. Um, I mean, early on when we started, so obviously when we press go, then it's like, okay, now we have to raise the funds. 
And um, so we're going on staff shoulder to shoulder, but that's not funded. Like that's a, a we have to raise our support because Tanya's quit her job. I'm part time at the hospital, and then I'll be done in the middle of December here. So we started that whole process, um, and a lot of that is is as we've done that, trying to look for like timelines. And and we sat with you, and we kind of talked normal timelines for this. And and so originally we were like, hey, May of 2020, what are we? 2021, May of 2022. We were like, that seems like a reasonable time to shoot to be there. And um, and then I was just praying through it. We didn't really pray through that. We just kind of like, yeah, it seems like a, a normal amount. Everyone said, yeah, like a year and a half should be good and just felt the Lord, um, I just, January. And I felt him waving us on. I'm like, I've been ahead of you this whole time. Come on. And I called you, remember that? And I said, Joe, can, I know there's like this ethereal thing. When we get funded, we're leaving. I was like, I think God's big enough. Can I set a date and believe he's going to do it? And you're like, yeah. And I was like, January. We're going to be gone in January. And so um, we set that date and, and we've we're far enough along that we, we've been able to buy tickets. So December 30th, we're supposed to be heading out. That's like 96 days from today. Um, and then that will put us in school. That should be like January 5th through Christmas of 2022. And then probably come home to the States for a few weeks and kind of connect. And then um, we're hoping that the Lord will allow us to be in Mazatlan uh, by the beginning of 2021. So that's kind of our timeline. 2023. 2023, sorry. Yeah. My, uh, my, my days are getting mixed up my years. So that's kind of our timeline right now. That's awesome. Um, <clears throat> for some people that might sound fast, for some people that might sound slow, but what it certainly seems is it's the timing that God wants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. Well, what are some things that we can be praying for for you guys? Because um, if you haven't caught that theme through this conversation, praying and seeking the Lord mm-hmm. and asking him to do what only he can do is so important. So what are some things that we can be praying and lifting up the Falkenbergs for? Why don't you give two and I'll give two. The first two that come to mind is wisdom and discernment, Mm. right? As we're moving forward, just wisdom on how to tackle this conversations and places to live, friendship. I mean, everything is new. Sometimes I feel like I'm staring at a mountain of things that I'm so ignorant of, right? I don't, we have so much to learn. And so the culture, the, the language, how to interact with people, new schools, like there's just so much to learn. And when you're 35, you kind of, you went through the school and now I'm becoming a student Mm -hmm. again. And so just wisdom on how to tackle that and discernment. Um, And then just protection over the kids is a big one of mine. Um, Physical, but also spiritual and just emotional that they would as healthy as possible make this transition. So those are the two big ones for me. I think for for me, I I would say one of them is um, we have just felt the Lord really knit our heart uh, to the belief, uh, to the people of Mexico and the belief that um, and this is a, a country that um, is only like six to seven percent evangelical Christian, um, very almost 85, 90 percent of very nominal Catholicism, like not even a, like a Catholicism we'd recognize. And so by and large, as a as a country um, of 320 million people, most of them have never actually heard the gospel. They've never seen Jesus for who he is. And so a part of, of us stepping into this is the belief that like Jesus wants to change that. And so we've just been, as we meet with people, asking them to join us in prayer that um, that, that the call that he's put on our heart uh, to see much of much of, of Jesus be made in Mexico, that he would open their eyes to see him for who who he really is, and, and that in Mazatlan and cities like Mexico City, I mean, these enormous cities, that, that God would, um, that he would send his spirit on fire there. And so uh, we've been praying for that and just asking that people would join in prayer that— um, because you, you either believe that like this is a heavenly battle or you don't. 
And if and if we are going to try to strategize our way to the salvation of Mexico, like we just we're mm-hmm. just not going to win. Right. And so just just showing up and being like, hey, we're going to pray and throw rocks at the wall and believe that like Lord, the Lord's going to move here. Um, so I think that's one thing for sure. And then um, and then I think the other thing, frankly, where we're at right now is like financial funding and partnership. And so a part of this is you have to be funded to go. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, even a part of this podcast is an opportunity to present that of like, um, we're still not fully funded. Like we, we have some work to do these next uh, two, three months. And we felt like the Lord has been has been awesome and he's moving here. And we're just, our, our prayer has been that God would unite the body of Christ around us. That's what Jeff told us to pray. And we've been praying that and praying that he would unite uh, Grace Church specifically around us. And um, I mean, obviously Grace as a corporation is is a part of our sending, you know what I mean? And then just asking that like the lay people and the people that we've gone to church with and that we've kind of grinded with w- will come on board our team and be a part of our, our monthly support team and that they would be a part of our prayer team too, that, mm-hmm. um, that they would, that we would matter, I think is the best way that like, you would take an interest in in the gospel in Mexico. That you would take an interest in my family's well being, um, physically and spiritually. And so that I think in a lot of ways, um, this few months before we leave is just an invitation to say, hey, we we need your partnership. We'd love to have you be a part of this. Um, and and we'd just be super grateful for any support in that. And and so um, part of that too is like if there's people that are like, can I talk to you more? I'm like, yeah. If, if that's something that people mm-hmm. want to know maybe more even in depth about what do the financial Finances, stuff right. look like? Mm-hmm. How does this all roll? And like, am I Venmoing you? The answer is no, no <laughs> one's Venmoing us. We're going through Central Missionary Clearinghouse. So like all this stuff is structured. If you'd like to know more about that, I'd be so privileged to to take the time to sit with you and explain our needs and, and our budget and how all that was built out. What, but, are, what are a couple of plugs uh, for people to you know follow along with you and see what's going on or even find some of this information? Yeah, so um, so our we had a website built. Hannah Nitz built that for us. So thanks, Hannah. Hannah. Um, it's called Falk F A L K five the number missions dot com. So Falk five missions dot com. Really hoping we don't have an oops baby and have to rename that. Um, <laughs> Falk five oops I mean six missions. So so on that that's kind of like our homepage. It's got some cool stuff. You can see like um, uh, what our language school. There's a link for that. Um, we're hoping to get this podcast. We'll be on that eventually. But then all of our funding is is linked to that too. There's like a donate tab that takes you to Central Missionary Clearinghouse's website. That kind of is a good way to do all of that. And then um, our new, a- you can sign up for our newsletter on that. That we'll, we'll we kind of have that ready to go. We'll probably start that in October, November. Um, and then we have an Instagram Tanya made. We just wanted to try to find a way. Like I'm not on social media. I have a Facebook, but like we're not doing that. But like we want to give people the ability to see like pictures and stuff of like this is what we're actually doing and so that's been created that we'll yeah the instagram's that. more of a you know a weekly hey quick little update first day of school for the kids you know and the newsletter will come out every few months and then the website's there with the information to give and so that's the best way yeah and so i think we're what are we like the last day or two of september here and we're probably a couple weeks away from this being more made known public i think that this mm-hmm. podcast will probably be if you're mm-hmm. listening to it it's probably been made public <laughs> yeah, at this point right. um to the to the church and to like essentially the world because our closest family and friends and, and then the people that we've been meeting with know, but most people still don't fully know what's happening. Mm-hmm. So sure. Well, I love it. And one, some of the stuff that I've really picked up, not only been walking through part of this journey with you, but even as we talked here today is this kind of stuff is not just a snap decision. Mm-hmm. Um, when God calls to obedience so many times, he knows how to lead our hearts 
He knows what to ask us to do, and he knows how to get us to the point to where, like we talked about earlier, we're charging after him <laughs> as opposed to being drug into something. And so I love how God has worked in you both. Um, and I also, like, <laughs> for our listeners' sake in particular, I hope you heard how powerful some of the spiritual disciplines are uh, in our mm-hmm. lives. Like you guys talked about prayer, you talked about scripture, you talked about community, worship, how you sought your eldership, how you were serving and re- actively trying to do what God wanted you to do, obedience, how you engaged counseling, mm-hmm. how you even saw your marriage as a function of what it means to follow God. Like you guys went after these things that throughout the scriptures, God calls us to interact with because they help us mm-hmm. to see him, to know him, to be with him. And then you guys saw the fruit of that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You saw it in your relationship together. You saw it in your relationship with him, with your children, with your extended family and friends. Like when <laughs> it's almost like when God asks you to do something that it's worth it. Right? Right, right. And so that's so, so fun. Well, I pray that you guys would check out their website, uh, Falk five missions. Uh, you said.com, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. Uh, but check that out and uh, follow them. Uh, this is going to be a fun journey. Not mm-hmm. only these next couple months, not only the next year in Costa Rica, but to watch how God uh, pulls you down to Mexico and sees uh, what he's got in store for yeah. you. Be praying for them, lift them up. And as a church, we just love you guys. Thanks. Excited love for you guys, too. support you, uh, are so thrilled. And if you, as a listener, ever want to have a conversation where you come down to one of our offices and you say, hey, I <laughs> something is sticking, something I can't budge, we would love to journey uh, along with you and uh, help you see what God has in store for your life as well. All right, well, thanks for listening. Thanks for being here with us. And uh, can't wait to see what our updates look like months and years down the road. All right, take care, everybody.